everyone. Welcome to the American Thoracic Society's Breathe Easy podcast. We are so excited um, to present a new topic today on pulmonary palliative care. And my name is Patricia Fogelman. I'm the medical director of palliative medicine for a rural integrated health system in Pennsylvania. And I am joined today by my friend and colleague, Jennifer Wesco, who is the founder and executive director of the Wesco Foundation for Pulmonary Fibrosis and someone that I've had a really exciting opportunities to kind of partner with about developing interventions and programs for advanced lung disease patients and integrating palliative care. So I thought that it would be great to kind of bring her to the conversation and talk a little bit about some applications for pulmonary palliative care um, in an advanced lung disease population. So Jen, welcome. Thank you, Patty. I'm very excited to be here and to talk about a topic that is so valuable and important and an untapped resource that we need to really bring to the forefront for our patients and families whom we work with every day. And so we, you know, in backstory with Wesco Foundation, um, you know, we had conversations. My dad was sick with uh, pulmonary fibrosis and, um, you know, the word after the fact of or the topic after the fact of palliative care came into play. And I actually had to ask what it was. And so um, as, you know, moving forward as a nonprofit organization with patient engagement, we work so closely with uh, healthcare professionals and so lucky to do so. Um, you know, based on your experience, you want to bring to the forefront of let's talk about this. You don't want somebody else, patient, care partner, families to go through um, that situation. So preemptively, get on top of it so that the patients and families are given that opportunity to explore the uh, very valuable, that's the only word that really comes into my mind, of palliative care and how effective it can be in moving forward navigating advanced lung disease. So um, yeah, Patty, I'm just really excited to be here. I am too, Jen. You know, I always think it's important that we start by kind of explaining to everyone what palliative medicine or palliative care, which are terms that are used pretty interchangeably, but what really is it? And the truth is that it's the care of the patient with advanced disease. And sometimes that illness may be life-threatening, sometimes mm -hmm. it may be life-limiting, um, but either way, the symptom burden of the disease, whichever it may be, can become so overwhelming that it's negatively affecting the patient's quality of life. And so, the focus that palliative medicine offers is really that significant piece of symptom management to promote you know, better quality of life and sometimes to improve their tolerance for different activities, but then to also provide you know, some psychosocial counseling and management of mood disorders, caregiver support. And you know, we know from a lot of the data that's out there you know, on palliative care that patients who receive palliative care have an overwhelmingly positive feedback. They would recommend it very highly to other patients, family members, and friends. We know that caregiver burden is significantly reduced with the integration of palliative care. And we also know that patients who have early palliative care, you know, in the trajectory of their advanced illness, often have a more appropriate utilization of advanced health resources at the later stages of their disease. And I always think this is fascinating when you think about it in terms of lung disease, right? Because pulmonary fibrosis patients, for example, are often diagnosed 
diagnosed at later stages. And so by the time they're presenting for evaluation or initial visits at advanced lung centers, you know, they have a significant amount of symptom burden. And so these are excellent opportunities to kind of say, let me get palliative medicine involved in this patient's care who has, you know, a disease I know is incurable, a disease I know is progressive and advancing. And let's see if we can start off with some symptom management, but then over some subsequent visits also kind of segue into things like advanced care planning and goals of care conversation and really even just family meetings. So um, I was wondering like if you could tell us a little bit about some of your work with pulmonary fibrosis patients and kind of that palliative care engagement and advanced illness, like what were your experiences with those types of conversations? Well, we have the pleasure and honor to work with patients and families living with pulmonary fibrosis. And so we often talk about, and through that, we have support groups, education programs, et cetera. And through our support groups, we often talk about the wraparound approach. So you're diagnosed with a uh, serious lung disease. And so we talk about, okay, you had your medical care team in place. So we move forward with that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about pulmonary rehab. Let's talk about oxygen management. And we always bring in the importance of talking about palliative care. And more times than not, folks don't know what it is and or they put it together with hospice. And it's almost like they back away a little bit when we talk about that situation, when it's so important to be able to educate patients and families of understanding that palliative care is not hospice. And what a great vein or venue that you can talk about within support groups. And that brings, you know, the importance of that to have those discussions because the folks who we work with every day, they know exactly what palliative care is. They know, um, exactly what you're talking about, Patty, is symptom management, handling uh, how you're dealing with emotionally um, and even spiritually. Uh, you know, where do we go from here? All aspects of, and, 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 and you know, within symptom management, managing your cough. And, um, you know, and we often hear, you know, well, why didn't we hear about this? How do we talk to our pulmonologist about palliative care and get connected with those resources? Mm -hmm. And so we really prioritize, okay, let's, you know, and of course we're in the virtual world right now. And to be able to bring that conversation in play in terms of showing them, you know, the resources, CAPC, getpalliativecare.org, et cetera. And so, um, and that leads in how do you have conversations with your family, what you're dealing with, with your chronic lung disease. So that is a very important aspect and component of connecting in the communication, right? We, Patty, mm -hmm. we talked about communication, collaborative efforts, uh, patient engagement, and making sure that the patients know and families know, the care partners know, this is a conversation to just mm -hmm. talk about. Um, and I think, Jen, that's the, that's the key piece, right? That lung disease has a trajectory that can wax and wane, that can have periods of exacerbation with periods of relative stability. And sometimes those exacerbations can lead, you know, to a new lower baseline. And so it's one of these things with palliative care integration 
that the conversations are fluid and ongoing, right? It's not a one and done type of conversation. It's not like I asked you once what your advanced directive wishes are. No, but we're going to keep having these conversations and reassessing. And do you need more symptom management help? You know, so think of advanced lung disease patients. What are they struggling with? Well, shortness of breath, depression, anxiety. Sometimes they have sleep disorders or insomnia. Maybe they're struggling with pain or myalgias. Fatigue is certainly a huge factor. Poor appetite or anorexia. Are they also having some nausea and vomiting? Maybe the folks who have, you know, cardiac components of their disease may have more cardiac symptomology. And so how do you provide the assistance to kind of help relieve some of those symptoms so that the burden of the disease with its multifactorial effects on your body, you know, are a little bit more improved and not necessarily minimized to where they don't exist, but certainly improved so that they are not consuming your day. And so how do we keep patients, you know, as active as they want to be? How do we keep them as engaged with their families as they want to be? And I think that's really the key for early, you know, engagement with palliative care to kind of get the right specialist on board as part of the team taking mm -hmm. care of the patient, not replacing anyone, mm -hmm. kind of saying, here are some ways that we can work to improve, you know, this patient's well-being and to help you know, create a a more functional place of, of happiness for them at home. And maybe by doing that, reduce their caregiver burden and right. improve their ability to kind of engage with their families. And, you know, I think that in pulmonary medicine, this is like super important because our patients can have sudden declines. They can have, mm -hmm. you know, a really serious downturn. I think COVID has very much taught us that, you know, getting an infection can really take the ultimate toll on people. And so how do we have conversations more preemptively about advanced illness planning? And I have always felt, you know, from a career perspective, because my background was pulmonary critical care and sleep medicine for so long. And then the last 14 years, I started doing palliative care on top of that. I really feel like these are the conversations that need to be happening with our lung disease patients. And we've been super lucky that the ATS has Mm -hmm. policy statements available to kind of help guide us. You know, I was, as you know, I was really lucky to be able to start a pulmonary palliative clinic at Geisinger where you and I partnered for the mm -hmm. pulmonary fibrosis patients. And, mm -hmm. you know, that very much helped us kind of have early integration with palliative care, help us get these conversations going and then subsequently documented. We were able to kind of have uh, a dialogue with patients and families that carried on over multiple visits but that also allowed us, you know, in this relative stability of an office visit to have a more calm, controlled conversation about these what ifs, if mm -hmm. this gets worse and what ifs, if different things happen. And, you know, do you want to be on or off a ventilator? If you're on a ventilator, how long would you be willing to stay on a ventilator? You know, mm -hmm. if you're absolutely, I don't ever want a ventilator type of position, is home with hospice an option you want to consider? Or do you want to look at maybe a nursing home close to home because you need that feeling of more technical support makes you feel safer. Mm -hmm. you know, so how do we have these nuanced conversations? And I think that there's so much opportunity, you know, to kind of partner with palliative medicine across these domains and kind mm -hmm. of help us help the patients. And mm -hmm. when you look at all of the national guidelines, you know, you have the national consensus project, you have the center to advance palliative care, you have ATS, you know, clinical policy statements. And then you have, you know, the, the work of, of 
individuals like yourself, you know, who have been trailblazing. And, you know, for the folks listening, um, what Jen does not share about herself is that, you know, she started the Wesco Foundation for Pulmonary Fibrosis, you know, based on her singular experience as a family member of a pulmonary fibrosis or advanced lung disease patient. And that now has spread you know, to the state level. And she's got work going on across the state with multiple advanced lung centers on care of the pulmonary fibrosis patient. And she has brought pretty much single-handedly to a variety of advanced lung programs across the state, a pulmonary fibrosis support group for patients. And so, you know, these are all parts of the facets of what palliative care can provide for patients and their families and how to kind of help engage Mm-hmm. you know, with caregivers, with families, with the other specialists, and kind of also even on some level, you know, is palliative care taking on this role of advocacy for the patient? So if these things are discussed, you know, in clinic appointments with us, and we know these things in advance, and we're documenting them, then, you know, should something take a turn or somebody be unclear about what the patient mm-hmm. might or might not have wanted, or had they ever discussed it before, you have the benefit of saying, oh, yes, you know, we've spoken about this in previous clinic appointments, and you know, when you're asked to do a family meeting, you can reference that conversation. Um, but you I- know, I have a couple thoughts, Patty, too, is, um, you know, at, we looked at it uh, pervasively. So, you know, through not only through, I had mentioned before about your medical care team and, and having that discussion and getting patients and families in that conversation, right? Bringing it to the table and talking about it. And what better way of connecting patients and families to support groups as that conduit to educate them about Mm -hmm. palliative care, right? So we talk a lot about education is empowering. It's empowerment where, you know, then the patient and the family then goes to their pulmonologist and has that conversation. Let's talk about palliative care. Can you tell me more about it? Where can I get connected that mm-hmm. way? And then they're equipped with that knowledge and, you know, advocacy, patient advocacy mm-hmm. of bringing that to that conversation and just having it. And so what better conduit, you know, as the healthcare, as healthcare physicians and, you know, respiratory therapists, I mean, you could have a conversation about palliative care at your pulmonary rehab center, you know, your, your, your support groups, you could, you know, and so, um, you know, retrospectively, and I had mentioned this before, I had no idea what palliative care was Mm -hmm. and, and we had, in our million conversations, the earlier we get to that conversation, the sooner patients mm-hmm. and family get connected with the management, symptom management, and all the components of palliative Correct. care. And it's it's so important, I think, to realize that this role of advocacy um, is one that's sustained over the trajectory of a patient's illness, right? Absolutely. And that we have this capacity to kind of stay with a patient through the course of their illness. And, you know, also if necessary, you know, when it's appropriate, refer them to hospice. But I think that's the the biggest misconception I often have to first dispel is Mm -hmm. this myth that, you know, accepting palliative care means I'm going on hospice. And truthfully, Mm -hmm. the real distinction is that palliative care is a subspecialty of medicine. We offer 
you know, symptom and burden, burden of um, symptom management relief. Mm-hmm. But we also, you know, provide the ongoing social pieces of communication for advanced illness planning. But we are not a visiting nurse service, which is really what hospice is. It's the mm-hmm. highest level of in-home support Medicare provides with a visiting nurse, home health aid, social work, you know, PTOT when appropriate, and, you know, the respite volunteers. But it's not quite the same thing as palliative care. And so I think that, you know, that that is probably one big piece when you look at lung patients and kind of think, you know, these are patients with chronic diseases. It's going to worsen over time. These conversations need to become normalized. Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. need to become, you know, as part of the new culture, you know, in the in the new progressive way we want to manage lung disease. Mm-hmm. This is part of the normalization of comprehensive care, mm-hmm. right? You can't take care of a whole person right. if you don't actually consider all of the components of said whole person. Right. And when you're willing to kind of tackle these difficult conversations and engage with the families, I think we get to a place where we're able to make sure that we're always delivering the best care possible. Exactly. And and you're, you're, Patty, you're just so, I mean, I love, love, love talking with you about everything uh, that has to do with palliative care and all the above for sure. And so um, you, you said in our previous conversation, bring humanity back to medicine. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you said that, I immediately wrote it down because, you know, you, you, like you said, the comprehensive approach of treating your patient is all these are all these components. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that quote from Patty Fogelman is quote unquote, it's brilliant. And it's true. It's true. And it's, it's very. Thank you. Um, I I have to say though, you know, and that's not to in any way imply obviously that there isn't humanity. Oh no, no, not at all. It's really just that, you know, in the, in our day-to-day work, we can get so siloed and so committed to the stay in your lane mentality that sometimes I think we, forget that we can look more comprehensively and absolutely, you know, I, I'll, I'll kind of end on the, on the fact that, you know, Ira Bayak is a well-known palliative care physician who is really one of the, the icons of palliative care. And one of the things he always says is that we really as providers need to remember to be unabashedly tender mm-hmm. in the care that we give to people. Mm-hmm. And that approach, um, if you can kind of internalize that, and approach every patient with that intention, then I think it's easier at some over time to kind of, you know, modify your philosophy to kind of get to a place where you're like, this is how I'm going to make sure I get the the best whole person care. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think if we don't, we are leaving people to kind of try to figure it out on their own in these really difficult, really scary times of life. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I know our time's running short, so I will kind of just stop by saying thank you again for joining me. I'm looking forward to kind of continuing this conversation as we tackle other um, pulmonary palliative issues that patients face, but this is a great kind of intro to palliative or palliative 101 for folks with advanced lung disease. So thanks again for joining me. Thank you so much, Patty. I look forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you.